Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome to Kindled. Today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I am breaking from your regularly scheduled programming to bring you a special episode that I think a lot of you will um, really appreciate getting to hear this perspective. So I will get to that in just a minute. But before uh, starting my conversation with Brenna Burroughs, let me just say a couple words. As you know, countries across the world, individuals across the world have been fighting an invisible enemy in COVID-19. Last Friday, the president of the United States declared a state of national emergency. And there's just been a lot that has changed in just over a week. So the virus at the time that I'm recording has struck 144 countries. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, it will have been more. People have experienced great suffering, heartache, loss. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty right now in our country as well as around the world. I know many of you, as well as I, have had school or preschool canceled for the rest of the year. Some of you have already lost your jobs or your husband has lost his job. Some of you have been laid off. Some of you have had your small business suffer and you're questioning what is next for you. I can't even begin to imagine all the difficult scenarios and circumstances that this virus has brought about in the world. And I know that they are many On Tuesday, Kansas City, where I live, uh, will be going on a 30-day lockdown. So I know many of you are facing similar situations and circumstances in your states, wherever you are, or wherever you are in the world. I know a lot of us are facing a lot of hard changes in the coming days and weeks ahead. It feels kind of like the world is spinning out of control. It feels like This is the hardest thing that many of us have ever lived through. It's the weirdest time. It's strange. It's isolating and lonely and sad. There's just a lot that is hard. And so I say all of that in true sincerity, but I also want to say, but God. God is doing something through this. This morning I sat in my living room, as I'm sure many of you did on this Sunday morning, and watched a live stream of church. And a familiar feeling came over me, but one that I don't think I've felt in years. And it was this feeling of being absolutely and completely intimately seen and understood by the Spirit of God. It was this certainty that God has us exactly where he wants us. Later on today, I took a walk and I felt, again, the Spirit express this feeling that's almost too deep for words, for me to express through words. And it was this desire to be with me, with his people, much the same way that my kids want to be with me and treasure focused time when they have my undivided attention. I sensed that same desire for witness. 
And of course, God wants to be with us. But in the frenzied hurry of everyday life, we often don't want to be with him. But as we look around and see so much death and so much fear and unknown, let us remember this, friends. God has not abdicated his throne. He has not left us. He has not abandoned us. He has not forgotten us. God is reigning as sovereign today as ever. And he is king and his will will be done through this. So today I am going to be bringing you a conversation that I got to have with Brenna Burroughs. Brenna lives in China with her husband and daughters. And so they are on the other side of this crisis of COVID-19 and they're not totally through it, but presumably the worst is behind them. And so I feel like this is a really unique and special opportunity for us to kind of get more information. I know everybody wants as much information as possible, as well as just hear, although it's anecdotal, a personal account of what it was like to live through this and just to hear from another sister in Christ who might be a little further along this journey than you and I, a a reminder to turn our hearts back to the only one who can bring us peace. Here's my conversation with Brenna Burroughs. Hi, Brenna. Hi, Haley. How are you? <laughs> I am good, man. It's been a crazy week here. It's Friday and it's just like, <laughs> it's been a wild, wild week. I'm feeling it for sure. But I'm excited to talk with you and kind of learn more about your story. Before we get into, you know, kind of the meat of our discussion, can you introduce yourself and your family and tell us a little bit about who you guys are? Yeah, so... I've been married for just about nine years. My husband is Chance, and we have two daughters. My oldest is six, and my youngest turns three next month. Uh, my oldest name, her name is Emery, and my youngest is Winnie. We are from Utah, but we are currently raising our family in China, which was really exciting before all of this went down. <laughs> so mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But What brought you guys to China? So... We came to China. Honestly, the short answer is for work, but the long answer is we have felt called to China for a very long time. So we got married young while we were in college. Mm -hmm. And before we got married, my husband actually felt called to learn Chinese. And he decided he wanted to do a study abroad in China so he could learn the language. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we were dating and he talked to me about maybe potentially living in China, I thought, well, that sounds fun. I'm young and that sounds like a great adventure. Mm -hmm. I just had no idea that that choice would completely alter our lives. Anyway, so we got married and about nine months later, we moved to China so he could study Chinese. After about a month, we extended our stay from one semester to two semesters because we had fallen completely in love with the people and the food Mm -hmm. and the culture. And we honestly couldn't stop talking about how we wanted to come back one day with our future family. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I got pregnant during our second semester there. So yes, my oldest is made in China. Ah, Um, So we came back to the States to finish our degrees and to give birth to Emery. We continued to work hard over the next five years. That was in 2013 when she was born and we moved back to China in 2018. Basically, we just worked really hard to find an opportunity that would be good for us to move back to China. 
And we went through a lot of things over those five years, but yeah, we were able to see, it was very easy to see God's hand in the timing of everything Mm -hmm. once we finally came back. Okay. So you've been there for two years. Yeah. We, we moved here October of 2018. So we're about 18 months. Okay. So what was life like for you guys before COVID-19? hit China because I mean, where we're at right now, we're recording this on March 20th. And as far as I'm aware of the details, it hit China at the end of December, correct? That's when it broke out there. Yes. But we honestly didn't start hearing about it until middle of January. Oh, okay. Like our Chinese isn't so good that we can follow the news, you Mm -hmm. know? So we only like, we don't watch the news every night. Like Chinese people do. So we may have gotten it later than they did. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Life before the virus though was wonderful. (laughs) You can easily sum up our life here in pretty much two words. It's one, very beautiful and two, extremely messy. (laughs) Mm. It's beautiful because we are pushed like to grow daily and We do hard things every single day. We get to watch our girls interact with people of a different culture, a different skin color, and even in a different language. Mm -hmm. It's messy because we have two young girls and that would, our life would be messy anyways. But then when you add a foreign country and a foreign language, it makes things rather interesting. (laughs) There is always something to translate, something to figure out. And something to correct from previously messing it up, to be honest. So it's quite an adventure. But my husband and I are both people that we really love challenges. And we love to like be pushed and then to look back and see the growth. So we honestly love, yeah, the challenge that it brings into our lives. Yeah, that's cool. I would imagine it would take uh, a certain amount of kind of that thirst for adventure to face just really navigating everyday life in a new culture. And then, like you said, like adding in a couple of kids and then get, going to school, just all of those dynamics, it just adds a lot to your family's plate. Yeah. We get a lot of comments on, you know, why, why we would do something like this. Mm-hmm. Why would we make our lives harder than we need to? And definitely there are some days where I go to bed feeling defeated by the Chinese Amazon, but it's just really great to, as a 30 year old, learn something new every single day. And then to watch my kids learn something new as well. And to learn it faster than me, they both are going to be better Chinese speakers very soon. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So getting into December into January. So you started hearing about the virus spreading in mid-January, you know, what was that like? And what did you hear? What did you think? What did you see? Like, take us back to when it first started for you guys. Well, so we would randomly hear about this virus in Wuhan. And honestly, I just didn't think anything of it. I wasn't scared. I've never really been through anything like this. Even when like the swine flu hit, it didn't like affect me personally. So I didn't really have anything to compare it to. And there's also so many people saying that it was just like a regular cold and that everything would be fine. So I was naive, to be honest. And it was interesting because 
it really started to really hit the week of Chinese New Year. And Chinese New Year was on January 24th this year, I think. So, you know, I think it was a couple of days before Chinese New Year where I'd heard that Wuhan had been shut down. And it was just more shocking to hear of a city that large, just completely on lockdown. And how far away are you from Wuhan? I don't know mileage, but we're pretty far. We're like a couple provinces away. So, okay. Um, yeah, we're not that close. We're actually closer to Korea, which a lot of people in our city were worried about the outbreak in Korea too. Okay. So. Okay. So you started hearing it was getting shut down totally near the end of January. Yeah. So we hear that this city is shut down and we also heard that 5 million people fled the city before it could be on complete lockdown. Wow. And so the country was just in complete panic of these 5 million people that were spread throughout the country. Because it's interesting, the timing of all of this. Chinese New Year is, you know, you think of our Christmas. It's the most exciting time of year, the biggest holiday, but it's like Christmas times a hundred is mm-hmm. honestly the whole country shuts down for like two weeks mm-hmm. and everyone goes home to their hometowns and they just spend all this time with their family. Mm-hmm. So to have an outbreak like this happen during that time, everybody is moving from city to city. So you yeah. like, it's just almost impossible to slow it down. So these 5 million people that had fled, they're, you know, spread throughout the whole country now. and People don't know what the virus really is, how yeah. contagious it is. And so it was scary. But we celebrated Chinese New Year with our friends. And over the next three to four days, we saw some serious changes. People weren't going out, which is pretty typical for Chinese New Year. It gets really, really quiet during that time. Mm-hmm. So that part wasn't super scary. But it was interesting when like the holiday break was being extended you know, businesses were being told not to go back to work for an extra week. So they were initially took that week off anyways, and then they extended it by another week. Mm-hmm. And then they said, and for the next week, please work from home if you can. So it was really just like people that couldn't do their jobs from home or working. That's so interesting. There's some similarities with the timing here in the U.S. because this week was spring break for a lot of schools. And so yeah, so they just extended. Yeah. yeah, like we all knew we'd be out this week, but with the the travel aspect too, with people leaving where they're from and then heading out to the beach or to the mountains, you know, and then kind of coming back from all those places. And now that spring break's technically over today, this is at least the end of, you know, the school week. And I'm sure there's some districts that are different, but I think this, there's a lot of people that are on this schedule. Yeah, and, and so, right, like coming back, having to do like two-week quarantines, that sort of thing, same thing. Like next week, a lot of people are working from home and some have even been told, you'll be at home just indefinitely. You know, like we'll, not, we'll let you know mm-hmm. when to come back to the office. So <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, this- and it, it's crazy here too, because, you know, in the States, you travel mostly by car, mostly people that are traveling mm-hmm. For spring break, mostly go somewhere by car. No, obviously some people fly, but here it's trains. So everyone is traveling together. Mm-hmm. People don't use really cars to go from city to city. So it was just, it's like almost impossible to really stop people from touching those things that other people are touching. Right. So everyone was just so terrified of these 5 million people that had 
broke it, broken free basically of this lockdown. But then everyone was also so heartbroken for those people that were, you know, feeling trapped and Mm -hmm. abandoned to an extent. So, yeah. So what was it like for you personally? And what was your experience as you started to see that unfold? What fears were you experiencing and how did it begin to kind of affect your life with your kids and your husband? We didn't really talk much about it to our kids. My oldest is only six. She knew that there was a virus, but Mm -hmm. she still doesn't really understand how scary it can be. So my husband and I were just kind of carrying that fear alone, which Mm -hmm. when you have young kids, you do that, you know? Right. The hardest thing for me was, so there's this app here in China that everyone uses for everything. It's basically like your Instagram and your Venmo everything all tied into one. And within this app, they also had a help tab where you could click on it and, you know, see the health stats on the virus basically. And so every morning I would check that and just to see the numbers rise by like thousands overnight was so like, I just, it felt like, oh my gosh, it's coming for us. You know, it's, it's going to be here so soon. It just was unreal to, basically feel like this virus was fake to me. It just didn't seem real. And then right. to have it just killing, just to watch those numbers of the like the death toll go up and then infected mm-hmm. toll go up. That was really hard. The the thing that helped though was that it was really in that one city. I know mm-hmm. that the news kind of makes it sound like it's all of China, but mm-hmm. it really isn't. They contained it early enough. Yeah, they really did. And so it still didn't feel that close to me. I didn't feel super scared. It started to get scary when, you know, people in the U.S. that I love dearly were messaging me like, why aren't you coming back? You know, airlines are being shut down. Flights are being stopped. You're going to get stuck there. Mm. And I know for people that don't live here, think, you know, you're going to get stuck there. But to us, it's like, this is our home. Right. And it doesn't feel like we're stuck here. This We chose to live here. We've made our life here. We've made a family here. And so mm-hmm. I don't want to get stuck where somewhere isn't my home. Yeah. Right. So. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I don't know, have you kind of kept up with the news and what's happening here in the U S yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been, I'm sure it's very, hard not to. Yeah. It's interesting to watch what's going on in the U S yeah. because I mean, and all over the world to, you know, to be honest, not yeah. just here, but yeah. Yeah. I didn't experience some of the things that I'm seeing over there. Like the stores, we didn't mm-hmm. have stores running out of stuff. So that wasn't scary to me. We were getting mass text messages from the government that would tell us, you know, please don't overbuy. Here's the prices mm-hmm. of the food last year to prove that the prices haven't gone up and there's no shortage. People don't need to stock up and mm-hmm. please only buy what you need. And for the most part, I think people did that because mm-hmm. like the stores near us stayed very stocked and it was not a scary situation as far as food and water goes. Nothing changed that way for us. So people keep asking me what they should stock up on. And it's, it makes me feel dumb to say it, but I didn't stock up on anything. So I don't really have answers for that one. But in the States, obviously it's scary to go into a store and see everything empty. 
Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you were a little bit removed from it since you, it, it did get contained early enough to not, you know, totally take over the entire country, you know? Yeah. In that yeah, sense. Like in Wuhan, in Wuhan, I know that they were only letting like one person out of the home to go shopping every two days. Hmm. And so only this one person, the same person could leave every two days to go get like produce. Wow. As far as I can tell, I know that food was okay in Wuhan too. I'm sure there are areas that struggled more than mm-hmm. others, but I don't think there were huge issues that way, but I could be wrong because again, the language barrier. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the crazy thing is, and I've heard people say this, I'm sure a lot of people listening are thinking it is, I don't know what's worse, the virus or just the mass hysteria that happens because of the virus. You know, because, and like you said, it is a very serious virus. And I think there's just a lot of unknowns right now. And that's uh, where a lot of the fear comes from is, you know, it's, it is different than the flu in that we don't have a vaccine and we don't have medicines. I mean, I know they're Mm -hmm. just now starting to find that there are some therapies and medicines that can help that have been used with other illnesses like malaria and other things that are kind of proving to possibly be useful, which is great. And I I know actually some patients have even been treated with these medicines, but it's just, there's unknown, you know, a lot of unknowns there. And so people are afraid and there's just a lot of, there's misinformation here that's being spread. Mm -hmm. Like there's rumors being spread that the latest one is like that in the next 48 hours, we're going to be governed by martial law and the national guard is coming to lock down the highways. I mean, it's, it's scary. And you're like, but you're like, I don't, how do I know this is unprecedented? What if that really is true? So, okay. If I can't leave my house for a while, or if I can't leave and drive somewhere, then I I need to go stock up. Like I need to feed my family. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of good intention there, but it's so quickly can become a very fear-based and fear-motivated hysteria where it's like, you will actually kind of never have enough because you can't be in full control of the situation and none of us knows what's going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because we were going through it without having a country that had previously been going through it, you know? So I had no idea what was really happening. Yeah. And so I know that's why a lot of people, you know, on my Instagram have been coming to me asking for questions because they see that we have gone through it and are still going through it. And to me, I'm like, I just don't get why there wasn't more preparation by the, I don't know, by the U.S. government. I'm not a big like politics person or anything, Mm -hmm. but it just seems interesting to me that it's such a shock to people when Mm -hmm. it's been going on here since January, you Mm -hmm. know? So I, I get the fear. I felt it, but I do agree with what you're saying. The mass hysteria is much worse than the virus, to be honest, because people do really horrific things out of fear. And I've seen that. And I'm sure you've seen that. And Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I'd rather die from the virus than by some of the things that you're seeing, we're seeing people do to each other. And I don't know, I just think it's interesting. Yeah, people do really scary, sad things out of fear. Yeah. You know, and we have to remember a lot of people who are responding that way don't have a hope beyond this life. And so, you know, mm-hmm. approaching this no. from this understanding of like, we as believers have eternal security. We know that 
if we die from COVID-19, like we know where we're going. And I'm not trying to minimize that it would be really terrible for that to be your situation or, you know, for those who know someone who is sick or has died, like I'm not minimizing it, but as believers, we have a different perspective when things like this strike, like we have an eternal security and confidence that the world doesn't have. And so our response should look different. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I'm in a country where Christianity is not the norm. Yeah. So, you know, belief in the afterlife is very different. And some people don't believe in it at all. Our very close friend believes that, you know, when he's dead, that's it. And so to see people here with such fear, it was very interesting because yeah, I don't, I'm not ready to die right now. I don't want to have anyone in my family die right now. I've, I've been through a hard loss and I'm not ready to go through that again. Mm-hmm. But I know it's all going to be okay. And so I don't have this huge fear of death like maybe my neighbor does, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it is interesting what people will do to survive in this one life that they feel that they have. So mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very, very lucky. <laughs> yeah, and it's I think it's a challenge, you know, to navigate this too, not just as individuals, but as parents, you know, for a lot of us with, with children, it's like, we may not feel afraid or we may not be fearful of death, but like, we are, you know, the stewards of our children and here to mm-hmm. take care of them. And so it's like, you're thinking for more than just yourself and you're trying to do the best that you can for your family. And, you know, and so there's a yeah. lot of just kind of, there's a lot of competing desires there. And I think it is, is really challenging. And this is, like I said, just an unprecedented situation that none of us have ever been through this. So anyone that is pretending (laughs) like, oh yeah, I've got this, like, no, you don't like nobody has been through this. Mm -mm. I mean, I know that we've had, we've had other illnesses, but it just has not been quite to this. It has not at least, you know, even especially to from the angle of the the level of fear that is in people. Like I, I know H1N1 didn't strike this kind of a hysteria. Swine flu didn't do that, you know, for whatever reason, well, it just didn't. And it's, it's very interesting because that it didn't strike that, but you think of when that happened and it was before Instagram and social media. And I think people are posting things to their, you know, social media platforms that Mm. spread so far and so wide. And I don't know, we can just reach people in good ways or in bad ways so much easier now. And so who knows, maybe, you know, the swine flu would have done this if it would have been during this time. So Right, right. And uh, yeah, I think that's an incredibly salient point to just notice that, you know, and we see this in other things with social media, like things look bigger than they are and things look more real than they are. And I'm not saying that the virus isn't real. I'm not saying the virus isn't dangerous or or widespread or anything. I'm not saying it's not a pandemic. It is. But if I think about the relevance of The Bachelor, like I will see someone post, you know, in in my feed, in my little window, like that takes up the full window of my phone. And it's like, that's all I'm seeing. If I'm scrolling and I stop on that Mm -hmm. photo, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, and if I see one other person in my network post, wow, everybody's talking about The Bachelor. I guess everyone watches The Bachelor. When it's, <laughs> no, it's only those two people. But to me, my perception is, wow, like a lot of people that I know are doing this. And so it can really, like you're saying, there's this power of social media to kind of give us this magnifying glass into the world 
into things that we wouldn't otherwise even know or care about. Like we wouldn't have, I wouldn't even remember that it was Monday night and Bachelor was on, you know, like I would have just yeah. not ever even known that fact except for social media. So I think it's just important to kind of note that that does color some of our perception of what's really going on. Yeah. Well, it gives us this like sense of this tunnel vision and we create, you know, who's in our little tunnel, basically who we can see because based on who we follow. Yeah. So if you're following people that are spreading mass hysteria, you're going to start to feel it really quickly. Yes. I want to talk for a second about the sponsor that is making today's episode possible. And that is prep dish. Now, if you've heard of prep dish, don't skip through this ad because there's something brand new in relation to COVID-19 that I think you will want to hear about. They are making available a free one week freezer and pantry friendly meal plan. So as you guys know, with all of the crazy panic buying that people are doing and all of the stocking up, certain ingredients are harder to find. And many of us are needing to make meals out of pantry ingredients that we already have and also make meals that are freezer friendly. So that is exactly what Prep Dish has created for you. And so Allison, the founder, is helping people make life a little easier and calmer, navigating all of these meals that we're now cooking at home with tighter resources. So go check this out. It's at prepdish.com slash pantry, and you can get a freezer and pantry friendly meal plan for free. Now back to my conversation with Brenna. So you, you said you're still going through it. What is it like now today? I mean, so if that, that was January 24th. Chinese New Year, and now we're at March 20th. It's almost two months. What is it like over there right now? So things have definitely gotten better. More people are out. I can actually hear, you know, horns honking like normal. Such a wonderful sound here in China. Everyone honks at each other. Mm -hmm. And the sun is out. We are feeling spring, and it's just brought this new sense of hope over here, but also more businesses have opened and more people are just going out there. In our city, we have 10 million people and only 60 total people contracted the virus. Wow. And there is only one person who passed away from it and one that is still being treated in the hospital. That's incredible. And that person, yeah. And that person actually came from outside of China just Mm. in the last couple weeks. So I'm not sure if they're of Chinese descent or what, but I think they came from Italy. Oh, okay. So yeah, people are getting less scared to go out. And I think people are realizing like, we can't live like this forever. Life has to eventually go on. Yeah. And those are some really encouraging numbers. I mean, yeah, I mean, statistics. Yeah. Our city was, I mean, even our province, I'm not, I'm not sure of the exact number now, but when it was really, really bad, our province has like a hundred million people. And I think when it was really escalating, we were at like 600 infected. It's higher mm-hmm. now. I've, I've totally stopped checking the numbers because yeah. it just, yeah. it wasn't helping me. So, right. but yeah, everyone is, I mean, we still have to wear masks when we go out. That's like a law here. If you fight that, you can get into trouble I hear, but mm-hmm. we'll take them off when we're out in an area that's maybe not around a lot of people like for hiking or Mm-hmm. And then there's also this, so they do temperature checks still everywhere we go. If we go into a business or a grocery store or whatever, we have to have our temperature checked. They just wow. scan our temperature. And then when we return back to our complex, we have to have our temperature checked there as well. 
And then when you enter a business, you have to use that app that I previously talked about and scan a QR code. And that QR code can basically track everywhere that you've gone. So if someone had the virus and was in that place at the same time you were in that place, you will be contacted. Hmm. And, you know, so you can watch for symptoms and things. So I know that a lot of people in the US feel like that is a total invasion of privacy and they would never be okay with that. And I get that. It's, I totally understand. But for me, I don't have anything to hide. I don't care if someone knows I'm at the grocery store at this mm-hmm. specific time on that day. And if someone can contact me and, you know, give me a heads up, like, especially in a situation like this, I'm all for it. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Everything has changed daily. Like something new happens each day. And when you yeah. don't understand the language fully, you're relearning new things every single day. Oh, I have to scan this and I have to you know, do that. And then to get into one of the malls here, you have to, if you're a foreigner, you have to have paperwork saying that you've been in the country the whole time and you haven't left. And it's just, wow. we're just met with something new every day. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's much better than it was. Well, that's encouraging. That's good to hear. That has been kind of a, just a, a standing, I don't know, reality for us here is every single day, something new, like you just can't, you know, so regardless of the culture and the the laws and the rules that, you know, you have to abide by, like, what's true is that you're not in control. And mm-hmm. each day brings another thing that you're not in control of. And so it's just like this continual onslaught of more information and new and changes and, you know, just kind of always being ready for everything to change again. And that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of us don't do well with in general, but especially when it comes to like the literal fabric of our lives, like where you go to work, if you go to work, if your kids get to finish school this year, I mean, my kids, they're done. They're done at preschool. You know, I mean, our school is out Mm -hmm. for us a year. And so that was a big shock for a lot of people. Like it's a really sad thing too, just for kids who, you know, and my kids are only in preschool, but I know there's people who like won't get to graduate with their class and, Mm -hmm. you know, just a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's so many things that have gotten kind of ripped out of people's hands overnight, just so um, shockingly and in such a kind of like sudden way that it has kind of stopped the country in its tracks. And I know people have different opinions on this, but I feel like in some ways it's almost like a reset. It feels like the reset button just got hit. And mm-hmm. and <laughs> I really trust that God is using it for our good and his glory. For those of us who are believers, I just, I know that he is and he will, because that's what he says. Like he will use this in, in the lives of his children to bring about, you know, transformation and sanctification. And so in the moment, it just feels like, oh my gosh, my life just kind of got the pause button just got hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like this kind of slap in the face to remind everyone that like we just we aren't in control of everything. Yeah. And we can't control everything. And we just sometimes have to let go and focus on what's most important. And yeah. yeah I, I do like the idea of it being a somewhat of a reset. It's hard when you think of the people that have lost their lives and you know, family members but something beautiful can yeah. come from it, you know? How has God met you in this time? Like personally, um, in the times where you've been 
afraid and just the uncertainty of living in a foreign country, which I know is your home, but you know, like you said, it's still, there's still a lot of aspects of living there that are foreign to you and, you know, just be having it be a second language, all of these things, like how has he met you in the midst of all that uncertainty? Well, for me, praying has just always been something I have turned to, you know, in hard times and in good times, but it's just so helpful for me. It was so helpful for me to vocalize my fears and to talk out my anxieties and to feel peace during such a hard time. It's just so incredible to always have someone listening and there for you. So mm-hmm. prayer is easily, you know, it's what I turn to. It's how I get through hard things. And when we were, you know, being met with these insecurities and these fears, we talked a lot about returning back to the States and we were asked multiple times by close family and friends, like why we aren't leaving. And we met with that question. I kid you not, you know, every three hours throughout the day, just like, what do we do? And for some reason, I just, I didn't feel good about leaving and we prayed and we, you know, asked God multiple times a day, what we should do but we just never felt right about leaving our home. And I honestly kept feeling or hearing this voice saying to me, like, don't leave, you know, don't leave your family. Don't leave your home. This is all going to be okay. And don't make decisions out of fear. Don't run away just because it's scary. Yeah. Once, once I felt that so strong and gave into that, like, it was like, all right, I'm done questioning anymore. I'm done asking that question of whether we should stay or leave. Like we've decided. I felt so safe. I truly felt safe. And looking back, it's just so easy to see that like that was God in our lives. Just, you know, wrapping us up in a big hug saying, you're going to be okay and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Stay here. Stay where you've built your life and Mm -hmm. everything's going to be okay. And I'm just so glad we received that answer and received it so strongly, especially now watching what's happening in the States, because had we returned when we thought about it, we would have done a two week quarantine in the States. And then we would have been stuck in limbo somewhere at my mom's house or, you know, a family member's house, not knowing what to do while everyone was still in school. And then it would have unfolded there. And then it would be calming down in China. And we'd think, well, should we go back to China? Mm-hmm. And then if we had done that, we would be facing a two-week quarantine here in China in a hotel. Oh, wow. And it's just like we have friends that were out of the country when it happened, went back to the States to kind of wait it out where they felt like they were safe. And now they're trying to get back to China. And they're dealing with a lot of hard things. They are met with a two-week quarantine in a hotel. Some I know that some husbands and wives are even being separated and are in different hotel rooms. They can't even stay in the same room. I know in a lot of areas you have to pay for your quarantine, which can be, you know, like a hundred bucks a night Wow! for that two weeks. And then you have to deal with people in, within China now are, are scared of foreigners and mm. because of what's going on outside of China. And because a lot of the cases that are showing up now in China are from travelers or people coming back. Mm-hmm. And so now you'd, and then you'd have to deal with, well, oh, I was in the States, but I've done my two week quarantine. Everything's Mm -hmm. good, but you know, they're not going to believe you. (laughs) So I just, I'm just so glad we 
received that end because we would not be feeling the peace and comfort that we feel right now if we hadn't have listened to that. So. Yeah, man. It's a great example of, I love what you said at the beginning, just not making decisions out of fear. And I think, you know, I was just, I think about how grateful I am that like we live in a, the day and age we do with all this technology and all this um, mobility and we can move about so freely and so easily and kind of get whatever we need. And all of that capacity and control and ability can kind of serve to make us feel like we are the captain of our lives and like Mm -hmm. we are in absolute control of our lives. And so when something, when one little thing gets added into the mix that we're not in control of, it can really just feel super disorienting. I felt disoriented, you know, by this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like this is so bizarre. It's so weird. I'm so, it's so unfamiliar to me to have something that I'm not in control of and that I can't know the outcome and I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know when my husband will go back to work. You know, I mean, he is working from home, but like when he'll have to go back to the office or yeah, just like not knowing all of these little factors. And I think it shows me how much control I become accustomed to having over my life. And then, so when something is introduced, it's really tempting to feel like all of that mobility and capacity and freedom is there for me to kind of like do whatever feels best to me. But what I love about what you said is that God was like, just like stay, stay put. And this is not advice for people listening. Like I'm not telling you to stay or go wherever you are. It's just this idea that just because you can do something doesn't mean you have to do something like you could have Mm -hmm. left but it didn't mean that that was the right thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And just discern, like that takes discernment and wisdom because you had every right, you know, you had the freedom, could have sounded at the time or looked like the wise and responsible thing to do, but just to like walk by the spirit in that and pray and ask God. And then once he gave you that, kind of that still small voice of, no, like you're okay, like I've got you. Um, just, I wonder about the trust that was built in him, in your heart through even like being walked through that scenario, you know? Mm -hmm. It really took like shutting out the outside world. I had to hear that so clearly, you know, I couldn't keep looking at the news and keep feeling that push from people that weren't in my situation to, Mm -hmm. you know, telling me to run and hide. Once I could silence all of that, everything was very clear. We just didn't look back after that. There was no more conversations of whether we should leave or not. And we were both on the same page. My husband and I both, for some reason, never felt good about leaving. Mm. And even though everything is telling us to leave, you know, everything, it's like, this is not our home country. We can't understand everything that's being said in the news here. I mean, it is hard for us to even just keep up on the new rules that are being put in place. But yeah. It just never felt right to leave. And once we shut out the outside world and came to a decision with me and my husband and God, it just was just so much clearer. And that's awesome. Man, I think we could all take notes on that right now because I know the pull to kind of like stay as in the know as possible. And I'm totally one of these people (laughs) that I feel like the more information I have, the better off I am. And I Mm -hmm. kind of cope with the insecurity by just heaping on more information, more information. Um, And that's, you know, what you're saying is that that is not actually the key to feeling or even being secure. 
It is Mm -hmm. truly putting your hope and your trust in God. And what I think like I want to point out about that is like, it's not that your faith has to be super strong. It's that the object of your faith is strong, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yes, I completely agree. Because I'm sure there's certain, you know, plenty of times where in that you were like, I just don't know if this is the right thing, but like, (laughs) because of who God is, you could have certainty, you know? It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I've been helped through hard things in my life and I've dealt with a situation and different things where one day everything was normal. And the next thing it, the next day it was turned completely upside down Mm -hmm. and God got me through that through prayer and scripture. And it wasn't as scary this time because I had that faith in God and that trust. That's great. So now that you're on the tail end of this and you are essentially two months ahead of, you know, where we're at in the U S and I know that we have a lot of listeners all over the world, actually. So not trying to single anyone else out. I just don't know the exact timeline of where this is at in other countries. Cause I know it's kind of like mm-hmm. had domino effect all over. So, but at least for us, you know, I know that you guys are about two months ahead of us in terms of just the development and mm-hmm. no guarantees that we'll have the exact same trajectory there. <laughs> but yeah. now that you're on the tail end, what advice or just words of wisdom would you have for the women listening who are just now starting to have their lives, their schedules, their relationships affected by this, you know, everything about life kind of changing. Yeah. So, I mean, we've already kind of talked about avoiding the news and the media a little bit. I mean, obviously it's good to be in the know, Mm -hmm. but just be very aware of where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Because I live in a country where the media is completely controlled by the government. So Mm -hmm. even the, you know, their citizens don't, fully trust what is being shared. Mm-hmm. But then it was really interesting to follow the news in the US. And it just always had this negative undertone that was mm-hmm. so hard for me because I, I just didn't even trust the news coming from the States. Mm-hmm. And so just remember that everything you read is not completely true and they can spin it however they want. Like yeah. they can take facts and just kind of word them in a different way that Absolutely. will just you know, make you so scared and make you believe everything that is being said. And so, so yes, I would just say, I mean, stay in the know as much as you can without it letting it affect you mentally, because Mm -hmm. if it affects you mentally, it will seriously ruin your whole day, your week, your months, however long you go through this, it will control everything you do. And if you're a mom or, you know, a dad or Whatever you are, you have to be there mentally to take care of the people around you and yourself. And if you're letting the outside world get into your head, it can just be so detrimental. Um, But yeah, so for me, I was in denial when it first started. And so if I could tell someone now how to prepare themselves, it it would just be that. It would be prepare yourself mentally. I had no idea how long it would go on. I honestly was like, okay, this will be like a week or two. Everything's fine. Kids will go back to school when Chinese New Year's over. No big deal. And I just was so unaware of what I was starting. And yeah. obviously, I, I don't know what it's going to be like there. I don't know what you guys are starting wherever you are in the world. But if you can prepare yourself mentally for it getting worse before it gets better, 
you'll be better off because it is going to get worse. Right. And that's been said. That's all over the news. That's been said since it started here. I've read articles, you know, in early February about how it was coming for other countries and they knew that. And so it's, you know, it's going to get worse. And just, so just prepare yourself mentally. What I have done that has helped me so much daily is I've taken time to pray each day. You can take time to read. I listen to a podcast, uplifting podcasts to help me. I try to at least listen to one a day. And yeah, so you can just get yourself in the right headspace to meet the realities of your new found normal. Because yeah. It is a challenge, especially if you have young kids trapped in your house with you. (laughs) Oh my, absolutely. And you're not, you know, going to your Bible studies and you're not going to church and you're not seeing your friends and having those normal outlets for, you know, adult interaction. Um, Yeah. Yeah, And your kids aren't getting those either. Yeah. Your kids are being isolated from their good friends, from Mm -hmm. their school. And so you think of how your kids are dealing with this mentally as well. And then you have you know, every single one of you trapped in this house dealing with something Mm -hmm. inside their own mind. And then you put it all together and it is chaos. Yes. Yeah. And just such an opportunity too, for us to, to show them what it looks like to trust God in the uncertainty Mm -hmm. and in the unknown and in the midst of suffering. And, but like for us to do that, we have to do it first. You know, we can't teach what we're not actually living out. Yeah. And model that. And remember that we all play off of each other's emotions. So if you're a scared basket case, your kids are going to feel that too. Your husband's going to feel that too. So as hard as it is, try to keep it together and let it out when you're alone and you can pray and you can have some, you know, one-on-one time with God and take care of those fears there and then try and be strong for the people around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great point, especially for kids. I, th- mm-hmm. I have to remember that because I have a five-year-old and she's definitely listening to a lot of the things I say. Yeah. And, you know, and They're when I say, th- yeah, things like virus or death or this or that, like, I don't want her to think her life is literally on the line right now. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's like, I understand that like we are protecting her and that's why we're not going to all these things. And, but she doesn't necessarily understand all of that. So no. yeah, it's good. It's a good reminder. Man, my last question for you is kind of how did you maintain friendships and relationships during that time? Because I I think that is something I've seen is social distancing is not spiritual isolation. Mm -hmm. So did you find anything that helped you to kind of stay connected to friends and still remain tied into the body of Christ in that time? Yeah. So I don't know if you know, do you know the app Marco Polo? Yeah. Yeah. So I use that a lot Mm -hmm. and that's been a really fun way to really stay in contact with people, even people within my own city. Mm. But I have a couple of group Marco Polos going on. I watch Survivor with my mom on Marco Polo. And uh-huh. one of my close friends actually set up a little scavenger hunt for my girls. She lives oh. in the States and we live, you know, in China, obviously, but she set up this little scavenger hunt and a little poem that poems that led to different things that she knew were in our house. And so the girls went around and found them. And so so that's been a really fun thing. And then obviously just simple things like group texts, FaceTime, Mm -hmm. social media, be aware of what you're inviting in when you get on social media. But Mm -hmm. a a fun thing that you can do for your kids is set up like FaceTime play dates, especially I see you said you had a five-year-old and yeah, a five-year-old can sit and they can sit and chat and play on that thing for a long time and it'll give you a break. 
and it'll give them some sanity and it won't involve you playing make-believe for hours, which I don't know if you're like Praise. me, but I can't do it. <laughs> no, I, I am not. I, I'm just not it's a player so like that. I really, yeah. I'm like, I would rather bake with you, which is saying a lot because yeah, I'm just not very <laughs> Yeah. My daughter got on with her little firm from school yesterday and I gave her my laptop in her room. They got their Barbies out and I was like, have at it, have fun. So it was really it's, cute. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Playtime is, is rough, but so if you can just figure out ways to stay in contact with people that you normally stay in contact with, and then to reach out with, reach out to people that maybe you don't normally stay in contact with during a hard yeah. time. Think of someone that, you know, nearby that maybe is living alone and you kind of have an idea of what they're going through now, even though you're stuck inside right. and more people than you want, but you understand Yes. Okay. Well, I, I said I only had one more question, but I do have actually, this is my very last question is how did the gospel change your perspective or outlook during this time? Like, did you like, could you markedly say, I know you're kind of still in it and it's not, you know, totally over. It's not like you're looking back 20 years ago, you know, and well, this is mm-hmm. how I really grew during this time, but this is like two months ago. But I mean, how did the gospel just, you know, inform your understanding of this experience and, you know, looking back with a little bit ahead of us now, can you speak to that? For me, it was just that I just am not afraid of where we are going and what will happen after this life. So that during something like this, that is potentially life-threatening is such a comfort to know that everything is going to be okay. And to know that, you know, like my dad passed away just a few years ago and knowing that even if the world comes to an end during all this or something really bad happens, I know who's going to meet me when I return home. And I know that God will be there as well and Mm. that everything's going to be okay. So to just have this like, yes, this fear going on inside of me, but then to also have this higher power within me that's like, you're fine. I've got you. I've always had you. You know this. Everything's going to be okay. And so for me, it was just that simple gospel truth that, you know, he's there. He's always there for us. Yeah. Because of Jesus, we have this, we have this hope. Mm -hmm. And in the world today where there's just so much going on and in the world that is just not, you know, not great. And for something like this to force us into our homes with the ones that we love the most, it really is beautiful when you think about it. And I just recently saw a painting on Instagram that really stuck out to me. It's by an artist named Amber Eldridge and it's called Home, but it basically depicts this picture of it's this little family inside this home and you can see into the home and the home has all of these beautiful flowers and light and color. And then outside of the home is just like darkness and Mm fear and you know just you can just see the difference and you see the inside the home the family they're huddled together and the mom and and dad are holding up like holding up the ceiling and the walls Mm -hmm. and it's just so beautiful that something has pushed us all into our homes with our families and we can remember that the most important things that we learn in this life are within the walls of our own home and if we can create a safe space and remind our kids that God is there, we have hope, and we have all of these beautiful things on our side. And that if we can, you know, become strong together, 
that we can fight the outside world within our home. And so I just have loved that, like, like you said, reset of just like, it's all right in here. It's right inside of our home, what matters the most. And we just need to come together as a family and as children of God to protect each other from the outside world. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love how you said, if we can, I think you, I mean, you just said it, like if we can grow together and grow in, in unity with one another, like imagine Mm -hmm. what God can do through our families. If this time is used to truly knit us together, like spiritually, you know, relationally, like Mm -hmm. if this is, if this is one of the ways that he is going to build his kingdom is through um, the family unit, which he designed the home unit, which he designed. Like this is his idea. Families were his idea. We didn't make them that like just, I don't know. It's just incredible to imagine what he might be doing through this, you know, really. And none of us know the future, but we know that this is like the family is God's design for how his kingdom gets spread. And, you know, he commissioned Adam and Eve in the garden Mm -hmm. to, to be fruitful and multiply. And so just the fact that we are getting put back into this kind of nuclear family environment and feeling stuck on one hand, but then also realizing like, you know, I'm not stuck. Like this is Mm -hmm. actually the place that God is going to grow me right now, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for each of us. Yeah. And we talk about like, you can only take care of other people if you've taken care of yourself first. Well, the same goes for taking care of your family. If you're, you know, inside taking care of your family and truly getting to grow together, then you can spread that to the people around you. Like Mm -hmm. there's just so much you can do if you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones. It will help you to help other people. My girls love this song too, that, that says God gave us families to help us become who he wants us to be. And that's something we can just focus on right now. Like Mm -hmm. We have each other. Let's get to the beginning again. Let's kind of start over, hit that reset and see where we need to improve and then reach out to others and help them during this really hard time for people. Yeah, man. Well, Brenna, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. I think this is just going to really bless a lot of people who are just afraid and fearful and maybe feel like the bad news is more overwhelming than anything good that they hear. So I, I think your account is just kind of recenters our hearts on truth that God has got all of us and he's brought you through. He's going to bring us through too. Well, thank you for having me. This has been such a fun experience and it's really helped me to kind of look back on my time and to reflect and to see what we've been through and to see God's hand in it. So thanks yeah. for asking me. Yeah. Where can people connect with you online if they want to follow your story? You guys, you post beautiful photos of your guys' life in China. So I'm sure people would love to get to know you better on on Instagram or wherever is best. Yeah, you're sweet. So my Instagram handle is Brenna Burrows 8. And we also have documented our whole life in China on YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel called Living Asian. So you can find us there. And there's a few videos, a few recent videos on YouTube are all from our time during the coronavirus. So okay. enjoy. <laughs> this is awesome. I'm going to tag all of that or link all of that in the show notes so people can find it easily awesome. at kindledpodcast.com. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Brenna. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I would love to connect with you on Instagram and chat more. My handle is Haley Williams.kindled. 
And then you can find show notes for this podcast and all other episodes at kindledpodcast.com. As always, if you enjoyed this show, please leave us a rating and review on the podcast app and share it with a friend. All right, guys, I will see you back here next week and we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Have an awesome week, guys. Stay safe.